Hello, everyone, and welcome to Stone's Top Tens, where I am ranking my top 10 favorites in different categories. My name is Anna Stone, and in season one, we are exploring my favorite romantic comedies with a variety of my friends. We are working backwards to the list from 10 to 1 with a few bonus episodes because I don't like making decisions. Um, Now, sometimes you may think that we are missing a movie that is essential to the top 10 list. There are a few reasons this may be. Um, I may have never seen it. It may appear on a different list or I may just not agree with you about how good the movie is which is totally possible and okay uh, you can always email me with any suggestions or positive feedback at stones top tens at gmail.com no apostrophe in the email address um, if you'd like to get updates about when episodes are coming out please subscribe to stones top tens on spotify apple podcast or wherever you listen to your pods you can also follow me on instagram at stones top tens to get updates too so let's welcome today's guest host, Carly Lefebvre. Hey, Carly, how's it going? Hey, Anna. Great. How are you? Um, I'm tired, but that's how I always am. So um, we were up north this weekend, and just like when you sleep in a different place, it's just never quite as good. So running on empty Understandable. I get it. Yeah, and you know me, I need like 17 plus hours of sleep a day, so... It's like a cat. It's fine, even though you're a dog lover. <laughs> Very true. Um, so today we're going to be discussing my number four pick, 2009's The Proposal, starring Sandra Bullock and Ryan Reynolds. Uh, this movie begins with Margaret Tate, played by Sandra Bullock, and Andrew Paxton, played by Ryan Reynolds, at the publishing company in New York City, where they both work. Margaret is Andrew's boss, and she has a wicked reputation as being tough. Quickly, we find out that Margaret is Canadian and is about to be deported. Margaret tells her bosses that she is engaged to Andrew and that they will be visiting his family for the weekend. Andrew agrees to the ruse in exchange for promotion, and they head to his hometown of Sitka, Alaska. Throughout the weekend, they realize there may be some real feelings there, and they each deal with some guilt regarding deceiving his family. The weekend ends with a quickie wedding that Margaret ends up fleeing to protect Andrew. So, Carly, why would you consider The Proposal as one of your favorite rom-coms? So, I'm going to probably go back to the very first time, and actually only other time that I watched the movie, was specifically (laughs) because... I saw a preview of one scene and it's <laughs> <laughs> and it's gonna be a scene that I already know you are not a fan of. Oh yeah, but, yeah. But it's honestly it's the actors that caught my attention more than anything and the song choice because um that is a song that my friends like to associate with me quite a bit. Oh, I'm going to need to know more about this. Um, Get Low is associated with you? (laughs) Yes. Not because, like, I get low, but um, it was a song. Well, I guess I could, but because (laughs) I know all the words to the song. um, Back during that time was whenever I was, like, traveling back and forth between Canada and the States. So I was visiting my family during the summer. and, And... that was just one of the songs I was constantly on going through my head. Honestly, I just got a message today from one of my friends and it was referencing get low because anytime it comes up, they message me anytime. 
I'm really disappointed that in our years of friendship, this has not come up before. Oh, and it even has like a GIF. That's perfect. Oh, it's, it is constant. And there's like, I have another one too. Oh my God, I love it. (laughs) Yeah. If you can't see this one, but this one is like a little baby jamming out. I think, I think I've seen that TikTok actually, to be honest. Um, It's constant. Like even to this day, I mean, that was what, 2009 when the movie came out? It's yes 2023 and i still get these messages from my friends yeah well i think the song came out before that because i very uh-huh. vividly remember dancing to it at um i went to catholic school and we would have all the catholic schools would have dances at the catholic high school and i remember That's a song that us, came on and i yes and i remember all of us like yelling the words to the windows to the walls like in this catholic high school gym um and it's just very very vivid so like I know it came the song came out before 2009 because I did, I graduated high school in 2009 so um yeah so. sounds about right um <clears throat> I had to sing it at my friend's wedding beautiful because they, in order to get like the bride and groom to kiss you had to go, go up and spin a wheel oh <laughs> And I was like voluntold to go spin the wheel. And <laughs> I knew it was going to land on something that like for singing. I'm not a good singer. Like it's, it's clear. Neither am I. It's a, it's a personal feeling. But it doesn't sound any better when I'm not. <laughs> I actually sound better singing when I'm sick. I think. Oh, and like Phoebe. Friends. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I get like a little raspy tone. It sounds very nice. But when I'm, uh, not sick I feel like my voice is very nasally I don't know okay so you were intrigued by the scene yeah so um well first off I love Betty White love her I used to watch right I used to love uh I used to watch Golden Girls when I was growing up until one time I asked my grandma what a slut was (laughs) and then she wouldn't let me watch it anymore um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that tells you how young I was I didn't know what a slut was so um, that is beautiful I do, I do love Betty White um Sandra Bullock is like one of my top like actresses that I love to watch She's because fantastic. I can't think of a movie that I haven't enjoyed like her performances in mm-hmm. um and then Ryan Reynolds is just like oh. a beautiful specimen but also his humor on top of it is just like top-notch yes and I also think that this now that I'm looking back like that year was almost like the start to what we now know Ryan Reynolds for mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree with so, that um there was another one though like I know he's not a big character in the movie but his name is Craig T. Nelson oh yeah uh, it's, it's he Andrew's was dad coach right was, yeah did he have a TV coach, show coach? mm-hmm um, but I love to watch other movies that have people in it from everything else. Mm-hmm. And I love to make those connections and see how well they are in each like aspect. And I'm know. that person who's like always bringing up IMDb while I'm watching a movie to like prove a point to someone, usually my husband, um, mm-hmm. that that's where that person is from, even though he's like, okay. And I'm like, no, really? Like I have the proof. <laughs> I'm one of those people I don't even I don't look at IMDB right away I'm sitting there and I'm staring at them and I'm like I know them from somewhere (laughs) I I know it 
but he's also he's also Mr. Incredible too. Oh yeah. And, and he's from Parenthood. I haven't watched that. Oh, Parenthood is good. That can be another topic as well. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um that's the the first time watching that was really because I saw that scene, thought it was funny at the time. And I know mm-hmm. you and I can have a conversation. We about will be that. having a conversation with that. Yep. Absolutely. Um, awesome. So I guess you wouldn't say it's one of your favorites because you've only seen it twice. <laughs> I well, I would still consider it up there because I don't often rewatch movies other than like Harry Potter mm. and like Disney movies when I'm trying to fall asleep or if I've watched a scary movie and I need something to make me happy again. Right. That's legit. <laughs> So, but no, I do think it's up there, but it's, it would be specifically because of the cast. Okay. Um, I agree with it. that. Um, so I hadn't watched this movie in quite a long time and I am kind of like conflicted about high up on my list. I put it um, because of the appropriation of native culture, which we'll definitely talk about later. Um, but I, it's still, this was the first one I think that, when I was re-watching it for this, I actually laughed out loud several times. And um, you have to throw that to Ryan Reynolds because he's so funny, uh, other than also being incredibly attractive. Like, he just has this, like, signature deadpan line delivery. He does this in everything. Um, you know, Deadpool, anything I've ever seen him in, Van Wilder. Like, he just has this... It's great. Um and Sandra Bullock too. Like I, I agree with you. She's just so sweet. I love her and everything. Um, but she's also really believable in this movie as both being really tough, no nonsense, kind of not nice, and also being vulnerable. You know, it'd be it's hard to pull both of those off um, mm-hmm. in a movie that takes place over such a short amount of time. You know, it takes place over a weekend. Um, which it seems like there's an extra day in there. Like when I was watching, I was like, is this a long weekend? Like how many nights is this? Um, but you know, she it's she's so good in that it's so believable that she could be this tough at work where her her employees literally refer to her as it or the witch is on her broom. Like, um, but then she also you see where she's really vulnerable. Um, I love the setting in Alaska. Like it's so beautiful. And I feel like we don't set a lot of movies and TV shows in Alaska. I think it's underrated how beautiful it actually is. Yes. So um I don't know if it's like the price of going to Alaska or anything I mean... like that, but <laughs> but I absolutely agree. It is it's such a cool and unique setting. And that's and like my the... signal coming through. Um, and like the unique culture that has developed, like how they have to take boats to go to so many places and having to take like the little skipper plane, like the pond jumper plane. I don't know. I'm not a traveler. I think those are traveling terms for small planes. Um, is it puddle jumper? Is that a thing? I, I don't know. Puddle jumpers. I call <laughs> okay. anything like, I call any small plane, like a puddle jumper. I, like, these are actually can be landing on water. So maybe those are, that's the actual term. I don't know. Um, I unfortunately have had not had the privilege to travel very much in my life. Um, but, you know, even everything there is just developed so separately from the 
rest of the continental U.S. because Mm -hmm. it's so isolated. Um, I also think that, like you mentioned, the supporting cast is so good. Betty White as Gammy, she reminds me so much of both of my husband's grandmas who have passed away. Um, They were both so funny and that little bit of sassy and like knew their power within the family dynamic um like gammy does and i think betty white plays that part perfectly um and also uh mary steenbergen is grace paxton and like she's one who like i don't know her name very like it's not a common name like actress that comes to mind but she's always just so good in everything and she seems just like the sweetest um what and I just love that too. She's Thank in Step Brothers and Elf. Um, oh, yes. Okay, I know who that is then. <laughs> yes. Um, so she just always seems so sweet. Um, okay. So, what scenes did you think were the best throughout the movie? All right. So my favorite one, I think, the one that got me the most was. I don't know how best to explain it, but I, I call it like the heartfelt boat scene mm-hmm. when Margaret had like a freak out about family. I have that one um, too. Um, and the reason for that one is that's when Sandra Bullock just is amazing in her delivery with her performance of um, just like she's actually showing her emotion versus being like that hard stricken um, boss sort of thing so I thought that was interesting and whenever she was just like looking in the mirror when Gammy gave her the necklace mm. and she was just holding it and then you can just see her tearing up and I was like oh, that's believable yes yeah so I thought that was that was really well done and then um, whenever she stole the boat sort of thing with them <laughs> um, but then she was tossed out of the boat. I was like, this is hilarious because it was like, it went from so sentimental to um, like, what are you doing sort of thing? And then to a little bit of hilarity. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing I didn't like about it is that this entire thing is she's not able to swim, but she's literally in the middle of the water. And I'm like, that part's not so believable. It could have been better. She was um, definitely swimming. In like, yeah. I was, I, in my notes, I had she's doing a really good job swimming for someone who can't swim. <laughs> exactly. So I was like, that part is not so great. Um, but then the holy hero thing, he comes back and saves her and warms her up in the boat, and she's pissed. She was so pissed that <laughs> uh, he just like turned the boat so quickly, and that's why she was out. And they kind of had a little bickering moment, which I think just kind of goes back to. Um, how well it seems so believable between the two of them interacting. I had that scene too. Um, she has this line where she says, I forgot what it was like to have a family. And it just, it for a movie that's at some moments so funny that I literally laugh out loud, it's such a, just wrenches your heart to hear her say that. Like mm-hmm. she lost her parents at 16 in this film. And like, that's, you know, at this point, that's over half her life without any family. And um, I also like that she's not just worried about 
like herself in this situation she's really worried about what it's going to do to andrew you know like she's worried about ruining his second chance with gertrude um which i love her name is gertrude because a bunch of my friends call me gertrude because i'm so old inside and it's like my alter ego like some people have like a fun crazy alter ego and i have this old lady alter ego (laughs) called gertrude um (laughs) And I also like that she is, like, falling for his family as much as she is falling for him. Like, this idea of wanting to be a part of a family again um, and how his mom and grandma are so, like, yes, they are funny and, like, kind of mean to her sometimes. But really, they they really take her in in the course of a weekend when they've never yeah, heard anything that... nice of her. <laughs> <laughs> Agree. Yeah, exactly. So that's a very good point. But I think right at the end is when, um, like at the wedding, Mm -hmm. is when she says how much like his family is outstanding that Mm -hmm. she couldn't do this to him too. So yeah, and um, there's a line that Ryan Reynolds delivers perfectly when he like takes over steering the boat after she's fallen out and he hasn't realized she's fallen out yet. And he's like, "I don't believe hijacking a boat is the proper way to show your frustration," and it's just. So funny. I just love that. He had so many that I was just like, that's perfect. I would love to know which ones, if he's ever ad libbed some of those lines himself or if it was part of his script too. I I mean, I don't know. Either he has fantastic comedic timing or he's really good on the ad lib. Either way, it's <laughs> wonderful. Um, did you have any other scenes? Um, I had some other ones, but I know you had some actually, Anna, <laughs> that I would like you to go through a little bit because I had some comments on them too. Okay. Um, I also had when they come back to the house, when Margaret comes back from the impromptu bachelorette party and Andrew's been arguing with his dad and they come back and he's like that typical trope of like an angry man can't talk about his feelings. So he's hollowing out the canoe, um, listening to angry music. And there's this moment where it's like this little stuff that I didn't realize like the first couple times I watched it, but um, you start to see Margaret's kindness in this scene because she makes sure to thank Andrew's mom for taking her out, even though she didn't want to go. And she was not super comfortable (laughs) the whole time at that like, you know, Sitka strip club. Um, And, but she makes sure to say thank you, which is such a, to me just such an act of kindness because you can tell that his mom is trying so hard um and then her struggle to find a towel this is my nightmare by the way is showering at someone else's place and not being able to find a towel um wouldn't you make sure that you have a towel though i mean Yes, but it's also just like a nightmare. I've weird, like, I'm also scared of getting locked in someone's bathroom at their house. Like, that's also a fear. Like, (laughs) have we never gone through my irrational fears before? We're going to have to touch back on this. (laughs) Um, But then she... Um, that she uses that tiny little glove to like cover herself and they like bump into each other and they're both naked and Andrew's just like I don't understand 
And then she grabs a blanket. She's like, oh no, the, oh God, not the baby maker. Like, it's just so funny. Um, the comedy in that scene is just so good. The only thing I, I love that scene too, but the only thing I don't understand about it is he knows he is sharing a room with his boss. <laughs> and he gets naked out on the balcony. <laughs> Like, and and he has the the headphones that like the wired headphones like not like AirPods because that wasn't a thing back then. Mm-hmm. But purposely like gets naked and still has them in. Sort yeah, of he thing. like and puts I'm, the iPod in his mouth. Yeah, and I'm like, what? The, I don't believe this part because I'm like, just get naked in the room then, and uh, then you would have seen all the other things. But hilarious scene (laughs) also like when kevin the dog is like she thinks he's like trapping her in the bathroom and she gets the blow dryer and then he like starts to like it she's like wait what i'm like this would definitely work on my dogs because they're terrified of the hair dryer um speaking of the dog i do love when um like when they first kind of introduce kevin the dog (laughs) and they're like well don't let him outside because the hawks are gonna swoop down and get him and then literally like a little while later she does go outside and the dog follows her and then the hawk kind of tries to come and steal kevin and then she throws her phone i I really did laugh quite hard at that scene too i laughed but i was like this is a red flag (laughs) i was like if you're trying to offer up a dog this is the biggest red flag of anything she's done yet (laughs) like biggest red flag out of everything she's done up until that point yes he literally is blackmailing to marry her and you think that this is the biggest red flag absolutely absolutely (laughs) trying to sacrifice a dog that's not okay (laughs) good thing you're not in that profession then (laughs) um I also like how this scene leads to I'm kind of sneaking in another another scene and putting it all under this one scene. Um, but when they go to bed after that, um, she, you know, tries to bring up the topic of his dad and he's like, nope, it's not in the binder. Like, we're not talking about this. And then she just starts opening up about herself and starts telling him all these things that he doesn't already know. Um, I do not agree with her about her love of reading Wuthering Heights every year I read that book once and it's just not like I just don't get it so in the movie when she says well I haven't slept with somebody in what a year and a half yes and then um that's what um Andrew or Ryan Reynolds character was like you haven't slept with somebody in 18 months and she goes that's what you take away from this conversation (laughs) and then for the fact for you saying <laughs> her book and that's what you took away from okay andrew and i are focused on very different things i mean priorities are slightly different for sure <laughs> um and i also love like she admits that she cried in the bathroom after she fired bob and he called her a poisonous bitch and i was like that's like if you when you watch that scene in the beginning you don't think it touches her at all you know she's so removed and she's like don't do it don't do it and then he does and like to know that it impacted her that way 
I love that. And then I absolutely love when he starts singing It Takes Two by Rob Bass and DJ Easy Rock. Absolutely. She joins in a little. Yes. Well, she starts because he keeps pretending he doesn't know what she's talking about. And then he's like, oh, I actually knew. I just wanted you to do that. (laughs) Um, And him like trying to hit the falsetto. Um. And also, like, he acknowledges that he looked at her while she was naked and not in, like, a gross way. He's just like, you're a very, very beautiful woman. And you think, you know, how she is at work and the fact that she doesn't seem to have much of a social life. When was the last time someone said something like that to her? You know? That's true. Um, To me, that seemed like the scene of... Like, yeah, there was like the whole kissing scene where it was like, oh, something changed there. Mm-hmm. But like, outwardly spoken was more in that scene, I would say. I agree. Um, getting to know each other and just playfully chatting at times and then kind of opening up a little bit more. Agreed. Um, and I guess like I had less specific scenes that I that really stood out that I liked and more just like the banter and joking between Sandra Bullock and Ryan Reynolds um you know I right like I said Ryan Reynolds has that like he has sarcastic humor that is just my bread and butter that's like my favorite kind of humor and um she really holds her own you know she has a lot of it too and um I feel like not everybody can you know, hold their own against Ryan Reynolds in that department. So they just had me cracking up in little moments the whole time. Um, I definitely had different feelings about the dance scene with Gammy than the first time I saw it, uh, which I'll go into a little bit more when we get to the changes later in the episode. But um, like that used to be something that really stood out to me that I thought was funny. And like, I felt very differently watching it this time. So... I will actually agree with you on this. I don't think I have that strong of feelings that you might have, mm-hmm. but I do agree completely. And um, we can probably get into that a little bit more because I do have other thoughts on it. <laughs> yeah, it um, it just looks really different in 2023 than it did in 2009. Did not translate well um, yeah. over time. Uh, and we, like I said, we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, okay, so next, let's look at this cast. We've kind of talked about it a little bit already, but um, what would you say are the highlights of the cast or what changes you would make to the cast? So I would not change Sandra Bullock or Ryan Reynolds at all. I think that they are phenomenal for these roles and their chemistry together is awesome. It's outstanding. Same. Um, fun fact did you know that like two years after the end of this or something shortly after the filming of this is when they started dating too so oh, like, i did that, not know that they dated yeah that's a thing oh <laughs> uh i think they were each married during the filming of this just saw okay. other, other people and everything and then they both got divorced or broke up or something like that i think think don't quote me <laughs> uh, let me imdb that and get back to it <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's, I do know that they dated for a hot second, uh, there. And then, um, Betty White. So 
I love, 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 love Betty White as a gammy. I feel like just like her being so sassy and she's also got that comedic touch, I think is mm-hmm. phenomenal. Um, I understand your perspective <laughs> of the, the cultural appropriation of um, like her um, her character being what part indigenous? It's part right? Tlingit is the tribe or the tribe that they mention. Um, but like that wasn't her choice, you know, like that's the writer's choice. Agreed. I don't think she did a bad job of portraying it necessarily, but it's not, I don't know. I I have other thoughts on that, but I like Betty White as Gammy. Um, I wouldn't want to change that because no, those, like, again, those are my top three characters of this. So um, I had all that. And then I also had um, Andrew's mom, Mary Steenbergen. She's just so sweet. And she has the best cream knit sweaters in the entire movie. And I was just like, A, I love those. B, I could never wear them because I would absolutely spill on them multiple times. They would be not cream. Anymore. First off, they would probably wash me out. I don't think that they're actually hers. I think it's actually like what she's told to wear. Well, I love them. Whoever made that choice, A plus. <laughs> like, um, she does play a lot of the same characters then mm-hmm. in each of her. I'm gonna say projects for the most part. Yes, yes, she is always know. kind of that like, um very sweet kind of flustered frustrated like especially mm-hmm. i think in like stepbrothers and like she blows up at the dad at one point here too like um but i just love her and then uh melon ackerman as gertrude she's so much like that pinnacle ideal girl next door you know she's blonde she's got the stunning blue eyes she's a kindergarten teacher it's just very much like what you would imagine you know they dated all through high school and college but she does a really good job of still being likable like there's never a part in the movie where i'm like oh my god like she's the worst um yeah, I agree with that. The only part about that is for her being an ex, she's included in like the so much. Yeah, I was like, that seems. I mean, I know, like, right when he was like first coming back to visit, they were like, oh, maybe they'll get back together, sort of thing. Like that's possibly what she was was hoping for, or that's what they were trying to go with it. But then she was also invited to like the strip club thing yeah. and those scenes and I was like that's kind of odd but she was there was, a lot yeah and I was like that that's a little different <laughs> I mean like I guess it's supposed to be a small town and like her mom is supposed to be friends with Andrew's mom I don't know I still thought that was weird too also, like, when they run into each other and she's, like, got her kids, her, like, class on the field trip, and then she just, like, stops to have a private conversation with Andrew. I was like, who's watching those children? Like, that's true. <laughs> this is not protocol here. Like, I did that's not true. enjoy that. It was interesting. But I do agree, like, pinnacle, ideal girl next next door. Um, and at no point did I ever want to hate her. Right. So, even better, um, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought she did a good job with that. 
Uh, okay, so this is where it's going to get meaty. Um, how do we think this movie holds up in the 2020s? So I'm going to go overall. Mm-hmm. It's not bad. I think it holds mm-hmm. up fairly, fairly well. Um, mm-hmm. There are a few. Well, there's a one famous scene of mm-hmm. which <laughs> it's just like them dancing around the campfire, doing that whole um, scene or performance, I guess. But um, I think mostly everything else is okay. There might be a few other things here and there, uh, maybe around Ramon. Mm-hmm but um for the most part holds up what are your thoughts overall and then we'll go into okay overall i agree with you um and that was the biggest thing that i like thought while watching this was like the humor between sandra bullock and ryan reynolds is so good and all the supporting cast is so good like it's just not necessary to have that scene um where I was like, it took me completely out of it. So like everything else was so good that like, and obviously, you know, there's the, what, two decades of difference between this. Mm-hmm. Am I mathing right? Is that right? Um, oh, little, not quite. A little Almost. over-mathing, but it's okay. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Um, And I understand like, you know, different time, but that um, the cultural appropriation throughout it is pretty gross. Um there is a positive part of it, which is they do seem to be trying to address the native population in Alaska. Um, and yep. from what I could find about the Tlingit, they are native to this region. And like the outfit that Gammy wears while they were dancing looks pretty close to the pictures that I found of um, like traditional Tlingit dress. Uh, but it's not even just that they have a very white actor playing someone who's supposed to be native but there aren't any native actors in the entire movie um and there are parts where it seems to be making fun of it i love get low by little john the east side boys like i said i have very fond memories of screaming those inappropriate lyrics in multiple gyms but it seems super disrespectful to be singing it while dancing around a fire having two white women perform it um and also the way that Gammy speaks in like this stereotypical cadence of what we associate with indigenous people in the United States. Um, like I said, I was super uncomfortable watching this in 2023 and I was like, oh, I knew it was coming, but it didn't, <laughs> it didn't make it any less uncomfortable. Um, and I wish there had just been like a different way they could have incorporated that like coming together. So that's what my notes are, too, is um, I like that they tried to address, like, the Native population, obviously, that exists in Alaska. Um, Because if they didn't, I don't think that would have done justice to it. Agreed. Truthfully. Um, And they they talk a lot about the the, the baby maker blanket, and it obviously has a pattern on it that you would, I would think that you would assume and translated and corresponded or i guess what is the word i'm working for coincides yeah well no Mm. (laughs) (laughs) but you would um associate thank you hey we got there that's the the, okay so that you would associate it with like more of a native background just based off of like the pattern of it 
mm-hmm. but um, I think they tried to work in like that native population or the background a little bit more agreed that in 2009 it was very different and now that I'm looking back on it I know that this was one of my favorite scenes and why I watched the movie in the first place mm-hmm. um, now in 2023 I do agree that Get Low as much as I love the song is not a proper song choice um, and it kind of crosses the line and is more disrespectful than I first caught on to back in the day and not that it was like okay in 2009 it's just that people weren't as aware um and Absolutely. one thing too that is a good thing is they name like a specific tribe from that region instead of just saying like all natives mm-hmm. um which i think is good too um and i don't know i just feel like there isn't a single native person involved in the creation or as an actor in the movie so that makes it feel a different way too. So, and so I don't have any issues with, because Betty White's obviously white. Um, so <laughs> sorry, but, but up. But <laughs> there we go. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't really have any issues with it because in the movie, technically Betty White is supposed to be, I don't think she's. No, full. I think she's supposed to be like one of her grandparents. Yeah, so there's a percentage in there that that's I get that, but Sandra Bullock wouldn't then. She could she's right. Canadian, whatever ethnicity or background that she has could be different. Um, so I understand at least one being white and I one being it's supposed to be portrayed that she is like parts. This is part of her ethnicity. So I don't I don't have too many concerns or issues with that. But I do understand where you're coming from, especially since there's no one else in the movie or where you can see that um, the tribes are portrayed elsewhere. Yeah, I just uh, felt really uncomfortable with that watching it this time. Um, Some of the stuff with Ramon, there are some funny moments when it doesn't seem focused on his race or ethnicity, but he's also just like really pushy. He made me uncomfortable as a character, period. Like, I don't absolutely 100%. Um, I was gonna say that too. Um, he, I think it's kind of stereotypical that they put him in exclusively service roles. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's like a cater waiter and he's a stripper and he's at the like convenience store. Um, and then like in the end scene, they seem to be mocking his accent when he's at the immigration office when he's like spelling out his name and then doubting his legitimacy of his citizenship um i think he's kind of supposed to be a foil for margaret like as like the stereotypical um immigrant in the u.s and Mm -hmm. i didn't like that she even says something like in the first couple scenes when she's at the immigration office where she's like now you can get back to this room of gardeners and busboys and I was like oh like yeah that wasn't maybe that will be a comment that is not (laughs) so great (laughs) yeah um but he does like he's really funny in different parts when that's like they don't really focus on his race I don't feel like until the those end scenes I would agree I don't like how they did some of his character development because I don't even know if it's character development or just his character in general because at times he was like creepy with yes. Margaret like 
like went to go like touch her hair and everything. And I was like, that's, that freaks me out because I've had many scenarios in my life where you you just, you're uncomfortable with situations. Yes, and we all have. I don't know. It's not good. With men doing stuff like that, absolutely. Um, he like calls her Mia Moore, like at mm-hmm. at their wedding. Oh yeah, I forgot. He's like the minister at the wedding, um, and he calls her Mia Moore, and I'm like, dude, there's a line, and like she's literally marrying someone else. Um, yeah, it's not good. And like I mentioned, like all the other comedy is so funny and so good, like. When Gammy pretend like she fakes a heart attack to get them to listen to her and to make these promises. And like when like it's just there's just so much other good stuff in there that like I feel like if the other parts weren't it'd be even better. Yeah, I would agree. Like there are just some things that probably don't need to be there. I get that some of it's filler and everything, but mm-hmm. no. Yeah, although I will say, have you ever watched the Gilmore Girls? I have. Okay, so Ramon's character and how he has like all these different types of jobs and occupations and everything reminds me of Kirk. Yes. Now that you just came in, I was like, oh my god, yes. And and what's interesting is that they're both so quirky. They both mm-hmm. have those random position, like the the random uh, jobs and everything. But Kirk's not creepy. He's just right odd. Like that's about it. But Whereas Ramon comes kind. off very creepy. Exactly. So I think like his role would have been fine if they didn't make him creepy at parts. And I think too that's kind of part of the time too is like I feel like um, and people mock the Me Too movement which I think is stupid but like post Me Too that kind of behavior isn't something that we really laugh off anymore. That's true. Um, because it's really not funny. Like you mentioned, like touching her hair and touching her arm. And like he literally like shoves food in her mouth at one point after she repeatedly says no. Like, yeah, that was no go. Yeah, mm. I agree. I definitely even agree. went after post COVID is putting something in anybody else's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> like, all those know. people in that room, I was like, yeah. this is too much. That's too many people. <laughs> post covid or is that just ever Anna? i mean it's kind of ever let's be real <laughs> i think in my notes i put like oh my god i can't imagine having to take a boat into town but i was like but being so secluded would also be really nice <laughs> i'm not gonna lie when i saw the boat scenes i'm like i'm kind of freaked out because i first off i don't really like boats mm-hmm, and me neither. I, like I get super water. seasick i don't get seasick i just i don't i i I can swim not very well and I don't don't like what I what I can't see. And I oh, can't yeah. see water freaks me out. And I'm going on a cruise this year. So. <laughs> Have fun with that. Yeah. <laughs> now to the best worst categories. So mm-hmm. um we're gonna start the best part. And to me, the best part is the banter and the chemistry between Margaret and Andrew. Um there's so much sarcasm that like just really resonates with me um and like at one point at the end when he comes to the office to get her and she's like why are you panting i ran here from alaska like (laughs) it's just so funny or when they get to when they land and um in sitka and his mom and grandma are there 
And they're very confused about like Margaret being there. And she's got like the stiletto heels on, the Louboutin bags, like, yeah. and he like grabs her butt as she's coming down. And mm-hmm. she's like, stop that. And it takes her forever. He's like, I am a hundred years old. Like, and, and he's trying to get her in their boat. And she's like, you know, I can't swim. Hence the boat. And like, okay, I just think that was probably one of the best comebacks that he's had. It's just so <laughs> obvious. <laughs> it's just so funny. Um, and like at one point, Andrew says, like, one of her allergies is the full spectrum of human emotions, which is mm-hmm. just <laughs> hilarious. Like, I just love that. I, and like I said, she holds her own against him, which is hard to do. Um, and then I love like all the little indicators of them starting to fall for each other. Like, you know, like you mentioned when they have to kiss in front of his whole family, which is like super cringy. He notices that she puts some makeup on in the morning. Um and then when he starts freaking out, right at like that same scene, you know, his mom and grandma and then dad come in and they like start talking to them about wanting to do the wedding um, that weekend. <laughs> and Gammy's just pulling out all the stops like before I'm dead. Can we do it before <laughs> I'm dead? Like that's such a grandma thing to do. Oh, such a grandma thing. Out. Can I just say that? Like <laughs> one of my grandmas was like, I really want to see. I want to go to one more wedding and get another grandbaby or great grandbaby before I go. And I'm like, I was like, talk to a different grandchild because, like, we're not doing that. We already got married and we're not doing the children. So that's got to be someone else. Um, But then, like, he starts freaking out about his family finding out their marriage is a sham. And she, like, all the touching up until that point has been so uncomfortable for both of them. Like, when they're in the office, and she's telling the bosses that they're engaged. It's so uncomfortable when they're in front of his family. It's so uncomfortable. And she just very naturally like reaches over and starts like rubbing his shoulders and kind of like squeezing his arms. Like it's going to be okay. And um, she kind of like goes into the crook of his arm a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. And it, it's just so sweet how these little things that they show that they're falling for each other. Yeah, like the subtleties, like in certain scenes as the movie went on. It's true. So, what's the best part for you? Mine's kind of like the same, but mine's like the overall humor of the movie because there's not like there's not really one thing that super stands out to me about it. Yes, it's a rom com to me. It seems more like a, almost like a comedy first, and then like the romantic part is mm-hmm. like completely secondary to it all because of how much their banter is and it does it's they don't start out like oh i am in love with you it's that's what it progresses into versus like enemies to lovers yeah exactly love enemies (laughs) to lovers um the worst part for me is obviously the cultural appropriation and like now that i think about it the like uncomfortableness of ramon um i would throw that in there too and I've already talked about that a lot. I don't think we need to say any more about that. Yeah, well, mine was, what my worst part was, like, the the creepiness of Ramona at times. At times, because he, he absolutely was completely fine at other areas. But, yeah, that's about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, the best actor for me, I I had to pick Ryan Reynolds. Um, like I said, they're both fantastic, but he's so funny as Andrew Paxton. Um, when... <laughs> 
when Margaret's telling their bosses that they're engaged, his face, that entire scene, I was just cracking up. And like they get back to her office and she just starts working and he's like, I don't understand what's happening. And she's (laughs) like, well, I was going to get deported. Like I needed to do this. And he's like, so naturally I would have to marry you. Like he's just so funny. And like obviously he's very attractive, but like so funny. Very funny. You're completely correct on that. Did you have him too? I actually didn't. Ooh, but I knew, for some reason I knew that you were gonna pick Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> I think specifically because of his humor and how well he delivers like every single line of it pretty much. Um, I picked Sandra Bullock. Okay, give me some reasons. Um, again, it, it honestly goes back to um, she hasn't like she's whatever she's acted in. I've always loved it. Mm-hmm. So, um, and like in like you you kind of mentioned it before is that she's so believable as being like the strict boss and like. I was going to say bitchy, so bitchy boss um, and everything like that, that she's known for. And she pulled it off really well. But also then she goes into the very like emotional, heartfelt scenes. And I like that's those are the ones that really get me. And I'm like, holy Mm -hmm. smokes, she's doing amazing. And so for me, that's that's the best actor. She has the strict, she has the comedic, she has the emotional. Even, Mm -hmm. like, when she's being strict, she's still funny. Like, when Andrew spills the coffee, and (laughs) she's like, do you get the same order as me just in case you spill it? And she's like, that's pathetic. (laughs) Like, she's just really funny. Like, I, I know, it was a hard choice, but I'm glad you picked her so I could pick him. So, and I think it's interesting because she's able to keep up with the banter of Ryan Reynolds and it doesn't seem forced, which it could be with other actors. Um, Because like Ryan Reynolds is just kind of like, like you said, his delivery is on point. But the fact that she's almost like, can just go into this and do that and do it all. She's just phenomenal in my opinion. Agreed. Um, The worst actor, you're going to hate this. I said Craig T. Nelson as Joe Paxton because I just think there's not much to him. Like, he's just very one-dimensional. He doesn't like that Andrew. He belittles Andrew all the time. But, like, he just, there's just not a lot to him. He's just, like, the grumpy dad. And I just feel like there's not a lot to him. But I'm going to say this. I love Craig T. Nelson. Just he doesn't shine as much as like everybody else in this movie is what I would say. So I think I'm going to surprise you. Did you say it too? I picked him too. <gasps> oh my God. Okay. I feel better. Um, see, there you go. But um, I said the same thing. I was like, I love him as an actor for me in this movie. Um, it just seemed that his character wasn't developed enough. Like I was so mm-hmm. confused for a bit there is like, what is the history between him and Andrew? Like, why are they like having these beefs sort of thing? And then it all came out when he was like, whatever. So I just didn't feel like his character was built up appropriately. And I think that's why it seemed very one dimensional. He's not, like, he's in the movie, but he's not in the movie. He's not in it as much as like the women, you know, like Gammy exactly. and Grace. But yep. like, also like when they have that coming home party, He's so belittling to Andrew. 
you know like somebody's like oh mm-hmm. what's it like to be a book editor and he like makes some comment about them just getting hammered at lunch and he's like well you wouldn't you couldn't ask andrew you'd have to ask margaret and i was like dude like you haven't seen your kid in three years and you're gonna be like this like well, and then, I mean, that's also part of his character, but then he flew in the, what's the... Oh, the immigration officer. Yeah, he flew him in, and I was like, mm, I would not be happy if I were him yeah. in that situation. I would question that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and also how he, and like, again, this is kind of his character, is supposed to apparently be this jerk. But then I just like it makes me think like okay how like why is his mom still with him if he's being like this, mm-hmm. um, but he keeps calling Margaret Maggie even though she repeatedly is like, please don't call me that I go by Margaret. Yeah. Um, and I'm someone who like people call me other names all the time and I hate it so like, I get really Anna hope you're being called Anna because that's what I call you. <laughs> that's like I too prefer being called <laughs> Anna, but like I get Annie, I get Anne, like. It just Anna. Those aren't my names, um, so I resonated with that a lot with Margaret. Um, <laughs> so next, we're gonna look at what changes we would personally make to the movie, or what changes we think would be made if it were being made in 2023. Mm-hmm. Um, I think obviously there'd be less cultural appropriation, um, either taking out the native aspects or incorporating real native actors and having like a more accurate representation. I think it could go either way. Um, yeah, would be better than what they did. <laughs> I would say, I would say, incorporate more instead of taking it out. I don't, I don't think you would want to kind of remove that from the storyline. I think I it's agree. a good thing for visibility to have it out there. Just absolutely. Um, I do like the idea of them still working for a publishing company. I'm an, I love to read. In case you didn't know. <laughs> I mean, I know, but for all the <laughs> listeners out here, all ten of them, <laughs> I love to read, and um, it might be because I'm on Book Talk that I feel like reading is making a resurgence. But I feel like that'd be part of it. But instead of um, Margaret trying to get Frank to do Oprah, she'd be trying to get George R. R. Martin to finish Game of Thrones. Um, I just feel like that would be the. <laughs> the debate um but i think a lot of it you know is still like i just don't feel like a lot would change other than you know you mentioned making that visibility of like having actual native representation and pretty much yeah i was like everything else for me kind of holds up mm-hmm. i have for me there's just more like holes in the storyline and i'm like that doesn't seem believable to me so <laughs> um like what i picked was um it seems unlikely that someone as successful and like on the ball as margaret is that she would fail to fill out like her paperwork or to ensure that her immigration papers were filed properly that's why i was like that's that's a little flimsy part in in this the whole story but i also think like they are like she's portrayed as just being this absolutely horrible person at the beginning and at first i was like she's just like strict like like there are a couple things she does that are kind of like demeaning but for the most part i was like is she just not like is she just being strict and career driven for a woman and they don't like it like so i have that as a different note um (laughs) for something else it's because i mean it 
it's kind of holding true to everything else is the difference between uh, men in high power positions mm-hmm. versus women and if their characteristics are the same or how they portray themselves are the same they are thought of very differently so right. Sandra and I, I have an example of this is literally from the very beginning is she's very driven outspoken particularly we all know that but she's portrayed as a bitch sorry mm-hmm. or a witch nope, you're good. no can you can say bitch um, but if a man were acting the same way, he'd be seen completely differently. Mm-hmm. And um, like people would be looking up to him versus like saying stuff on his back and running away sort of thing. Um, and I was in my mind, I was like, she's hard, but she's fair. And the reason I say that is at the beginning is she fires Bob, right? Mm-hmm. She gives him two months, even though he's a crap employee, doesn't really deserve it. Mm-hmm. And then he kind of follows her out and everything like that. That whole scene is like, don't do it, Bob, don't do it. And he does it anyway. And then he goes off on her and she explained to him the details about his actual performance within the company as to why he was fired versus he's just fired sort of thing. Right, right. So, she had reasons and it was him not doing his job. Yeah. So I feel as though, like, yeah, she she can be like she how she brought out that that he was fired probably wasn't the best but also at the same time i'm like she has perfectly good reasons to do it and i think some people are just i don't know they see the person doing it versus the actual reasonings behind it and also like would bob have reacted that way if one of his male bosses had fired him no probably not that's my thought is no (laughs) i agree um, so I've also, we've kind of started doing like modern casting. So like who we would cast in the different roles, mm-hmm. um, if it were cast now, uh, for Margaret, I had Natalie Portman, Carrie Washington. I love her. Um, or Scarlett Johansson, because I feel like all three of them are really good at the balance of like hard ass and vulnerability. I feel like okay. they can all pull it off um for andrew i had dylan o'brien just because i love him um or dalton kramer (laughs) uh dalton kramer's in reservation dogs i don't know if you've seen that on hulu um but he's native so if we wanted to go that route um he is really good in that show he's got kind of a small part but he um a -hmm. lot like a lot of that show is like bordering on the serious and the humorous so Okay. But I feel like Dylan O'Brien is the, like, he's really funny. He is. I do love Dylan O'Brien, so I can, I can get on board with that one. <laughs> um, and then for Gammy, I had Meryl Streep. Okay. Or Sally Field. Um, but then I, I had, had Sally Field time, as well. <laughs> I had a hard time trying to find, um, like, indigenous older female actresses, which sucks. It's a weird thing to Google is what I'm going to tell you. It um, is. It felt unnatural to do it because it didn't seem right. Um. It was weird. It wasn't my favorite thing I've ever Googled. But I do have to like Google actors and actresses because I forget every actor or actress I've ever seen every time I have to do this. I'm terrible at names. So I was like, they're in this movie. So I'm literally Googling the movie <laughs> to find the person, um, person's name. All right. So who did you have? So for Margaret, I had uh, Jennifer Lawrence mm. because, well, and I'll, just, when, I'll go to the next one too. I also had Anne Hathaway mm. because I feel like, I think 
I think Sandra Bullock was like 45 when they did this movie. I don't know. She was slightly older than I was expecting her to be, but I was like Jennifer Lawrence and Anne Hathaway. I was like, I think they both can do the like the comedic parts in there mm-hmm. as well as being pretty stern as well. So that's kind of what I liked about them. For Andrew, I only have one and I could not think of anybody else because I was stuck on this. I have Miles Teller. Oh, he's so popular right now. He is, but I liked him from before this. Yes. So yes. I liked I'm, yeah, I found him before he was popular. Oh my God. And one of those. <laughs> no, but I do, I do love him and I couldn't think of anybody else that I was like, um, who? So, and I was, I even try, like, when you try to Google actors similar to Ryan Reynolds, like, just to see type of humor and stuff, it was just everybody his age. And I'm like, yes. no. <laughs> right. That's not what you're looking for. Yeah. But I was, I was thinking about Miles Teller because I was like, I do love him. I love him in other things as well. So, I don't know. And then for Gammy, obviously, I already had Sally Field as well, but she was my second choice. Um, I do love Sally Field, like love Sally Field, love her, but I have Lily Tomlin. Oh, I love her. Oh, great <laughs> choice. I'm, I'm, I'm going her. I love her. <laughs> I so, love and her. I, I first off, I love her. How I got like more introduced to her was Grace and Frankie. Grace and Frankie. <laughs> oh my God! If if anybody's not watched that, they need to because. It's so good. honestly hilarious all throughout. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so she would have been, she would be my top choice for Gammy today. <laughs> okay. I agree with that choice. Good choices. Absolutely. Well, folks, that's all that we have for this episode of Stone's Top Tens. Thank you, Carly, for joining me. And she will be back in a few weeks for episode two. I hope you enjoyed this episode and that you will join us next week. The artwork for the pod was created by Avery Summers. Please feel free to send me an email at stonestoptens at gmail.com. No apostrophe in the email address. If you have any positive feedback, if you have anything negative to say, please just keep it to yourself. Um, If you'd like to get notifications about Stone's Top Tens, please subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your pods. And I'll see you next week to cover my number three pick, 2003's How to Lose a Guy in 10 Minutes.